Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 694, recorded today, live, Wednesday, the 8th of December. Uh, there's a little bit of shenanigans at the beginning, um, but I, I'm blaming it all on the new M1, so hopefully this will now be in the correct YouTube ID, and I haven't completely blown it. Beg your pardon, everybody, but uh, it's the new computer, because my, my MacBook Pro have finally arrived, and all of my cookies haven't been set. That's a nice story, and I'm sticking to it. But this isn't about... Uh, this isn't a, str uh, a show about uh, streaming technology technology uh, woes. <laughs> it's actually about music technology. Hopefully not woes. This is the studio, synthesizers, <laughs> recording, all that kind of stuff. Lots of different aspects to uh, what it is like to be a uh, practicing musician and uh, you know, a producer and all of those things. So uh, we welcome everybody. I want to say thank you very much to our friends over in the chat. We've got uh, over on YouTube, we've got an IRC and we've also got our Discords and uh, Facebook Live and that's what all the other places we stream. In fact, if you want to get hold of this, this is also an audio version, which will be um, available at all good, um, you know, all good MP3 pod podcast shops. outlets. Yeah, exactly. But pod shops, I suppose that's it. And while I'm here, I'll remind you that uh, we've also got uh, the Sonic Christmas quiz is on the 22nd. We're gearing up for that. We've got uh, t a special round of people who will be... Uh, uh, Guest, we've got a guest round, so everybody's uh, sending in videos. So we've got a, a variety of uh, celebs and whatnot to uh, ask you questions, which may cause more hilarity and chaos than usual. Just when I was getting on top of things, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I also want to say thank you very much if you're a supporter of our, ours on Patreon. But if not, uh, please do head over to patreon.com forward slash Sonic State. We've got the pre-show pre -show, and uh, we take the ads out of all of our published videos that are monetized on YouTube. So you can access them there as well as patch extras, downloads, sample kits, all kinds of stuff like that. So head over to... Uh, Patreon for that, and um, there was something else I was going to say as well, which I've completely forgotten, but I don't suppose it really matters. Anyway, I want to say thanks to all of you for those support. Oh, yes, that's right. If you do join us during the show, it should, because it's real time. At the end, your name will appear in a big thanks screen. So if that's any sort of incentive, I know it's fairly light on incentives, but if you needed just that little bit extra to tip you over the edge, there you go. Right, let's say hello to guests. Uh, let's start with Mr. Jamie Liddell, who is there in uh, in his home in Nashville. Um, I saw a photo, yeah. uh, Jamie. You, you've been swanking up your studio and um, tidying up and, and making yeah. it look all nice. So, yeah. I did do that, yeah. I've... I've made a kind of masterclass. I can't really talk too much about it. I oh, guess. you had to tidy up. I suppose I spilled the beans. <laughs> yeah, I did. I had to sort of tidy up. But it was good. You know what I mean? I went through this crazy process of like, okay, my tidying up mentality was like, literally remove everything that you're not going to use. And I was like, all right, well, just put everything in like boxes, essentially, and just get it out. It was amazing how much tat I had. Just, <laughs> I mean, you know, I just I put the tat in another room, basically. Ah, uh, the, the famous tat studio. room. This, yeah, I've got a, a great tat room. It's awesome. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually gonna like leave this studio in a few months. We're building a new thing, and it's gonna be a lot smaller, and I'm gonna have to be way more organised. So I'm gonna make the tat room a real thing sort of potentially organized tap room. I'm excited about it to have a really, I'm going to try for the first time in my life to have a super minimal setup. And then just when I need mm. something, I can just walk downstairs and grab it and take uh, it up. I, I, and I, I understand that process. Yeah. that So it's yeah. minimal. Remove the clutter. You've still got the clutter, but it's behind closed doors. So you, <laughs> you can then access yeah, the clutter yeah. when Even, required. And, 
you know what? If someone comes up with a good solution to this, this might help all studio people, yeah? How to organize war warts. Because I was thinking what might be good is to have like a long power strip, relatively long, and just plug them all in, yeah? And like have a, like a wall in your garage that just has like a bunch of these dummy power strips and they're all plugged in and named so they're not in a box because the traditional method is like throw it in a box name which it. in the I, beginning you're really good at yeah i know what you, you mean know what I'm saying? Well, that's I, not I, a bad idea i well i'll tell you i mean because we get a lot of stuff through here so the first thing i do when yeah. i open a box is i put a bit of high-vis tape on it and i write what the power supply is because essential n- not only but when you're sending it back and you can't find the power supply i've done that <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. maybe twice oh, in my yeah. life where it's like i'm really sorry i can't find the power supply or you know if i put this one is this the right one and you know anyway um, i'm yeah. glad to hear you're organized and, and that's all coming together for you uh, much like ty unwin i believe you've got a sort of uh, cl- clutter room well not a clutter room but a sort of a room where everything else is that's not in there right ty Elman, of course a composer and uh all-round um synthesizer chap idiot idiot uh <laughs> yeah. right right now i have three clutter rooms so oh, it's, God. Um, yeah it's, it's quite depressing Simple. if i'm honest yeah but there we go such is my yeah. world uh but no, it's yeah. all good it's all good thank you yeah i think it's a great how idea to uh, how do i organize Sorry, the power supplies yeah yeah the power supply i do exactly what nick does the moment they come in i uh put labels yeah. printed labels straight on them and then i what do i do and then you put them what in a box and they all get tangled up together well, that's what I'm saying. No, that's because saying. no, no, because no, because I have to. Yeah, I'm a bit of a pain. I don't just stick them in. I literally put them in so that they are all quite okay. separate. So yeah, right. I'm a bit right, anal right, like right. that. So, but hang on, they have their own good. individual boxes, or do you have a box with a maximum of say if, four or five? No, if they oh, come, if they come detailed. with, if they come with boxes, they stay in their boxes. Yeah. Ooh, you know, the wow. little they wow. stay in their boxes. That's, yeah. that's a good solution. They have to own, only, only because literally there are. Well, we all know There's there are lot. hundreds. There are hundreds. Yeah, <laughs> I know there yeah, are. Too. Okay, well, yeah. uh, and we also <laughs> have you, Mr. Sorry, Rich Hilton, who's over there in uh, Connecticut, uh, just outside. Oh, it's New York. St- I don't. Is it on the border of Connecticut, New York? I don't know exactly. I keep saying New yeah, York, but oh yeah, about ten miles from the border of New York State. Break for the border. When do you have to break for the border? Do you, do you smuggle? Or do you, is there stuff you can't get in Connecticut that you have to go to New York for? Like power supply, organizational uh, equipment? I don't know. Well, much more pragmatic. It used to be that liquor stores weren't open on Sundays in Connecticut and you would go to New York to get yourself something if that's what you needed. Mm. Licorice. You have a need for licorice on a Sunday. Then you, New York's your place. No, wow. Licorice I don't think licorice. Oh, liquor. I, don't I, think I beg your pardon. I was, I <laughs> we don't have licorice. I'm feeling stores. licorice. <laughs> I, I beg your pardon. Oh my God. But as, well but as to the power supplies, I prefer to Sharpie right on the power supply if possible. Right. Where what it's attached to. Because I've had tapes yeah, old, fall off. Yeah. They dry out. They go away. They, they just, they, and it does and I'm not precious about 
writing on the thing at all. I just want it to be associated with the right device. Yes, I think that's very, very, very wise. Well, such wise words to start a podcast with. I think from all three is 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 got to be amongst the first. I wouldn't say it's the only time it's ever happened, but I'm just you know it's a pretty it's a pretty anyway. Uh, we also have wise words. You see what I did here from uh, a chap called Mr. Alex Ball, who has been posted uh, bravely. Yeah. Twelve months. I've had the great pleasure right, well, of playing modern poly since. And I get the same kind of questions time and again. Should I get this one? Should I get that one? Is this one good for that kind of sound? Will this one make me more attractive to the opposite sex, etc.? So I thought I would answer that in one fell swoop with a mahusive video. So we're going to look at the Novation Summit, the Roland Jupiter X, the Sequential Prophet 10, the Udo Super 6, and the ASM Hydrosynth. Now, I am aware that there are more than those five polysynths on the market, but please understand that I can only demonstrate synths that I actually have. So the comment you're going to write about the polybrute, don't you dare, I'm watching you. Right, let's go. I was actually going to say the nymphs, but hey, what the heck? I mean, you know, uh, yeah, uh, Alex Ball, all round brilliant video maker. And, you know, every time he does it, it's some, it's some great musical. Exam. I mean, I'm amazed he got five in because he basically plays a load of sounds mm. and then tells you what he thinks about it. And it's quite interesting that he's been doing it in that way, that he's done it in that way. And, uh, you know, musically as ever, just great stuff. Um, but an interesting yeah. exercise uh, in, uh, in itself, you know, because not often do we get mm. to hear such largesse all in the same kind of video you know you might have to search for another one and all through the same sort of lens or or audio path so i thought it was kind of cool i don't know whether anybody feels mm. strongly about any of these particular synths and uh, jamie uh, that's not jamie that's jamie um how about you uh, what what are you what were you thinking about in terms of that yeah it's funny with polys uh uh I uh, I did I went to Perfect Circuit in you know in LA and tried out some of the modern contenders including the Polybrew and everything but um, yeah they 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 were cool I, God the only one I really loved I suppose was the the Moog One I, th I I didn't really think interesting none of them really blew me away aside from that you know uh, poly i'm a bit weird with poly stuff but i can get into that in a minute but i have the old ones i know uh they're just it's funny isn't it because i i'm friends with rjd2 and he has a cs80 and he's like the thing is a cs80 you plug it in and people are a bit disappointed with it just straight out of the box as i remember tile going on about like you people go on about the chroma or whatever i've got a chroma raw out of the box it sounds like a bit of a toy, you know, by today's standards, because they throw so much business on at the end oftentimes, so that you're kind of like wowed by the effects chain more than the actual raw oscillators. We've heard oscillators, we've heard them pure, we've heard them through various stages of filters. We've, and really, I mean, I can get into it. I've really got quite deeply involved in building a polysynth in Eurorack and, and looking at how each stage, each part of the VCA path, each 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 level that you run the signal through how it affects the the end end result and it's hard to do in a poly it's hard to really maintain that signal integrity so i tend to be the kind of person that likes the path to be as short as possible so that i can kind of do my business at the end as it were mm. so i like quite a simple one and i probably would have gone for the profit but then i am a profit fan and like i know you guys aren't particularly profit fans but i i i always was and um so yeah, you know, yeah, I'm a bit of an odd one like that. I like the Moog One because it's pretty fancy and it's just so powerful in terms of modulation possibilities. It just feels like you'd never get bored. 
But, you know, sometimes I would say like the signal integrity felt a bit weird. You know, it felt a bit in noisy the and there was a lot of iOS yeah. problems. Yeah, yeah, in the one, sorry. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. you know, everything comes with its pros and cons. Obviously, Alex, fantastic. If you don't know him already, you're in, in for a treat. He's just such a great entertainer. Alex and Ball, the yes. thing I love about him is he puts the musicality first and just gets you into like musical examples, you know, and rather than talking too much, um, you know, which I'm doing. Yeah, well, and I do quite a lot as well. But uh, Rich, yeah. Rich, Rich yeah. I know uh, we had this conversation last week, didn't we, where you were sort of saying you were quite uh, enamoured by the the, the, the Polybrew. And I've got one here, which I've been playing with. And I had a chap come over uh, to the studio to say, uh, oh, uh, I'm thinking of getting one. Can I just have a fiddle? And he just sort of left going, yeah, I'm going to get one. Uh, so, But it's a shame mm. it wasn't there, but, but it's a, it, it's quite a different experience to maps those other ones. The other ones feel like they're more traditional polys, where the Polybrew is a little bit more like a polyphonic monosynth, I would say, in many ways. Well, yeah, mm. and as as relates to the list of five that he went through and the Polybrute, I have yet to lay actual hands on any of them. So ah, everything okay. I say mm -hmm. is substantially speculative, but also based on numerous video examples that I've seen and heard of these various instruments. Um, Alex was great. I enjoyed his video. He's always entertaining and very musical, as Jamie said, and um, uh, enjoyed enjoyed these instruments seeing them compared hearing them um anything to me, the, sun came, uh, the prophet the, the sun came up especially after the, what was it the udo six that preceded it yeah which i'd oh. like again i haven't laid hands on it but i haven't been blown away by anything i've heard yet I know very, very highly respected people and friends of mine who love the thing. I think Robbie was going on about mm. it recently. I guess so. Well, um, yeah. I am interested to 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 be more impressed than I currently am with it. And, right, that's an interesting, um, interesting, yeah. <laughs> good way of putting it. The prophet was sounds sounded great immediately and like a prophet and did all that wonderful stuff. And no, I don't care that it doesn't have effects built in and that it's in mono. Um, the Roland thing is like the ARP Omni of its day. It like it's trying to do everything all at the same time. And uh, and it seems to do all of these things very well. All of the sounds that came out of it sounded like strikingly familiar. And I'm not sure that's Yeah, very Roland, very Roland-y, weren't they? I, that's what I thought. Yeah, I thought, God, that sounds like a Roland. Yeah, no, they all sounded very familiar and, and desirable and good, but but it just sounded almost too familiar to me um yeah. in terms of the the sounds um what was the last one he had the fifth one um, the hydrosynth oh the hydrosynth well the hydrosynth sounds wonderful from a distance and i imagine that it sounds really great live too because everybody i know who has one can't stop raving about it mm, absolutely mm. uh, ty was, was there anything are there any in this list that you haven't got no. <laughs> right i think that, well, that's a good so really? so in many ways you're, you're, in many ways you're well placed you're well placed to to kind of so if you had funny. to choose if you had to choose one of them and say right i need you know which would be the most useful do you think Maybe if we well, it, it wouldn't be way. the poly it wouldn't be the poly brute um because right. i've got one of those as well and it's uh of uh, do you know what of that lot um they all do different things they all have different qualities and, and this is the thing about polysynths is the fact that because in the same way that jamie isn't really it, it is a bit not funny about polys but it's not really his thing for me it's it's all about po polysynths are, are, are my 
Mm. My fake. automatic go-to. Yeah, yeah, they are. They just are. And so that's why that's they all bring, they all do something different. They all bring something different to the party. The Super Six uh, is actually really, really very good and very clever. But I understand completely what Rich said about um, the demos just don't really do it justice. It is mm. one of those where you do have to actually sit down with it and have a a good a good time with it to suddenly start finding all these sweet spots. Um, there's loads of stuff it's not so great at, but there's, when you find the sweet spots on it, it's lovely. And that's kind of the same for all of them, really. The, the, the Prophet 10, I really like, but in the same way that you were saying about the Roland sound sounds a bit familiar, I kind of find that with the Prophet stuff, really. I've just kind of, I'm not over it, but it does what it does really well. But yeah. uh, but it's the same with all of them. The Jupiter X is lovely. The Hydrosynth is obviously a different beast because it's... Um, it's a lot, you know, digital. Um, and the summit, I mean, we no one's mentioned the summit. The summit that, is just well, that's a great, yeah, it's, it's a, a, a great all round polysynth. And uh, yeah, they're all very different. And I'm, I'm not being down on the polybrute. It's, but everyone knows kind of my opinions on the polybrute. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's just the, the basic thing for me is that the, I think the, the, the modulation possibilities and, all of that side of things are absolutely fantastic and the possibilities of what you can route to where and how it is fantastic. But for me, the raw sound of the oscillators is just, they're not, it doesn't sound great to me. I just don't like the sound of the, the, the raw hmm, oscillator. Interesting. And I'm, com- and I'm completely with Jamie in terms of the, the, the Moog one is, um, is out of, you know, I mean, obviously it's a lot more expensive, but the Moog one is, yeah. uh, is a, is a sweet, it's a sweet, instrument it's, an, yeah. it's amazing and the quantum of oh. course no one's mentioned the quantum yeah, ah, quantum. yeah. well the qua- yeah. i think the quite because I, I i think the quantum is one of those synths that again even though it's sort of piled full of presets when someone plays them to you on a youtube video it doesn't make mm. you kind of go yeah you know no. you're not going wow i'm but i am um uh simon forsyth lent me, his de- lent me his desktop version and i played with it and as a thing, it, it is absolutely, it's just such yeah, a beautiful, just, beautiful piece of equipment. Yeah. When, you, when you get your teeth into a quantum, the kind of stuff you come up with is just absolutely, yeah, it's phenomenal. It is a really great synth. Well, so they're we all go. different. That's the thing. They're all different. They're all you know, different. It's, yeah. It's like trying to choose a favorite child. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> the one that troubles you the least. The one that needs yeah. the, li- the least amount of, uh, uh, of um, you know, Repairs, I suppose. Right. <laughs> no, I, 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 I started that sentence and I should have uh, just finished it before it got going. But uh, there we go. Um, and before, but, but before I have time for this, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to. I think it's time we heard from Mr. Uh, Prince Alexander because you know it's it's always good to hear from him, especially up towards Christmas. Oh, actually, no, I'm going to save him till a little bit later because today is the last day of the Artoria uh, Black Friday sale. Artoria kicking off Black Friday with their biggest ever 50% off sale. You've got till December the 8th to save 50% off V Collection 8, Effects Collection 2 and Pigments 3 plus Spectrum Sound Packs. Of course, V Collection is a huge collection of iconic instruments, new instruments including the OBXAV, the Emulator 2V, the Juno 6V and the Vocoda V, as well as many other favourites. Effects Collection 2 also adds EQs, uh, compressor diode, uh, 
uh, Bus Force and the, the classic Dim D, as well as uh, Phaser, Flanger, Chorus Juno 6, plus other EQs, delays, and other processing. And, of course, Pigments is their, well, flagship software synth. It's not anything specific, but is a very impressive instrument in its own right with a fantastic modulation matrix. If you're already a customer, log in and get even more discounts. Just head over to Artoria.com right now. And yeah, we thank them for their support and hope for, I know quite a lot of people have picked up some of those deals. Uh, I, I actually haven't done any Black Friday business at all. I feel quite, uh, uh, not smug, but <laughs> maybe replete, clean. Yeah, it's, there's no need. It's, it's available all year round these days. But hey, I, I probably shouldn't be uh, dissing the sale givers. Uh, anyway, um, let's get on to the, speaking of, well, there's, there's, we've also, let me just line this up because I just got to make sure I've got my button to press. Uh, VCV Rack 2 is also in the house. Uh, released the other day. This is actually quite a big deal. Um, it's got a lot of new features. Let me just find my uh, 30 built-in modules, 170 plus official modules, 2,000 modules available. Uh, available in two flavors. Uh, the free works on Windows, Mac OS, Linux, and is in source code. And you get the pro version, 99 bucks till 2022. Uh, and the Rack 2 Pro plus VCV drums and soundstage bundle at 139 till 2022. It's kind of a big deal. I think that because VCV Rack, when it came out, was massive. I mean, it's because it's it's the freemium module, so you model, so you get the stuff. I mean, we know there are other modular uh, makers out there. We've got Cherry, we've got SoftTube, who we know make really good stuff. And the mm. VCV Rack is, it, they were sort of the first to get, get there, I think, with this. And um, mm. this looks like a really good upgrade. I'm going to come to you first, Jamie, because I know you're, you know, you were talking yeah. about decluttering. And I guess, you know, modular is quite clutterful. Yeah. Have you thought about using this stuff or does it not float your boat so much? Well, you know, well, look, maybe I can do a walking cam. Is this ah. too risky? I don't know. Is, you tell me. It's working, walking It's cam? working. There's, ah, yeah, there we go. So look, here you go. Look, this, is, this is my polysynth, right? And uh, I've tried to be as decluttered as I possibly can. Nice so cableage. You can see that it's, yeah, but it's still... It's still a lot. And this is completely unpatched. Look how clean it looks when it's unpatched. <laughs> <laughs> it does nothing. Um, so that's it. I mean, I don't know. Look, I like, I, like, I like these things. I got an iPad Pro recently, and I got the, you know, the kind of VCV racks for the iPad. It's called something else, isn't it? It's got M, M something. Uh, and I, I, I expected to just have a really good time. Just think, oh, this is so cool. I can take you know, a bunch of mutable instruments, things I don't have, and just make, you know, a poly out of six of these, you know, really expensive modules. And But the problem is I just fundamentally use modular for the experience and the sound, and neither of them are present with the virtual versions for me. Right. I mean, it's really if I want to do that kind of stuff, I just wouldn't. I'd use, I don't know. I just use modulation inside either Bitwig or Ableton and just make that my modular because ultimately Ableton is really modular. <laughs> you know, yeah, I yeah, get yeah. really deep into Max for Live and I get things talking and, you know, there's people like Kentaro's Max for Live plugins, which are ridiculously powerful and they can cause all kinds of modulation mayhem. And I don't know, I like it though. I do like it. And people do great stuff integrating a real modular with VCV and stuff like that and using something like an expert sleepers and making yeah. the two things talk. And at that point, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And the thing that's interesting to me is the sequencing potential in a VCV rack, not the sound sources. Right. For me. 
just for me. That makes sense. Ever, yeah. Obviously, whatever. But um, but having like lots of like, and I spoke to Richard Divine about that on the podcast we did ages ago, and he was saying he's going to go and switch to maybe using a computer to do more algorithmic sequencing and stuff. Uh, things that it does arguably better than some of the hardware pieces which have their inherent limitations and the interface of using a sequence on a computer is sometimes just more powerful and faster and using that and using a powerful rme interface with lots of ins and outs to interface with his eurorack to transmit cv and stuff mm. so he was really seriously contemplating integrating a computer into it like that and and vcv would work extremely well in that capacity you know i applaud it great software really beautiful to look at and amazing work the fact you get it going for free it's just a no-brainer really definitely great if you're interested in eurorack and want to have a go i mean you know you've got nothing to lose it's amazing and yeah. you know it's it does get you there and that it's it's uh but I suppose that way, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Get you there. I, yeah, I, but I suppose the thing is that what probably is quite powerful about this, and this is what I'm thinking about, is it's the sort of thing that you can prototype in. So you build. Yeah. It's like this is what I want. Yeah. Something like this before I buy it all. W would it do mm -hmm. it? I mean, I don't know, Rich. I mean, you you kind of right. you started out. You were you, you know when you were learning uh, music. You know, you said you did a music concrete, and you, so you've learnt on some of oh, these wow. kind of modular systems you've done some of this work i mean the, the ability to prototype sort of before having to go and find the hardware or do the hardware is probably quite powerful maybe that's where it lies it really it helps lie and also people who just want to use this in place of you know having to get into mm. the modular thing which is a major commitment right yeah it is and um as relates to this particular product i haven't heard it seen it or used it but it looks cool. <laughs> um, as virtual modular goes, I have soft tubes modular and have used it a bit, but not a ton. But it sounds great to me. Mm, I mean, yeah, it does the, sound good. The actual sound of what comes out of the thing is really impressive to me. Um, I haven't. It's not a place I go often. Is modular world, and I know that's sort of you know out of yeah, out of fashion at the moment because everybody's going to modular world. But, it depends um, what you got to do, you know. I think. Like, yeah, yeah, well, where I need it or where I can use it, you know, enjoyably, I like to use it, but um, it's not a place I dwell that often. So I don't feel terribly qualified in this particular okay, um, that's uh, cool. topic. Mm. I, I mean, so, um, Ty, you've got some modular stuff. I mean, again, you know, mm -hmm. working in the media uh, comp composition, there's just no, you don't get the time budgets to be able to kind of noodle on a modular synth. Is there, really? I mean, no. no. Is there any merit to something like this to, for building things up in advance so that you could then maybe utilize them mm. at some point later, you know, when you're kind of going, all right, actually, I, yes, I could do this. This would work. I mean, I, I think there's a huge amount of merit for, for this existing and what it does. I mean, I I bought quite heavily into, um, into soft tubes modular like Rich did and... Um, and much like Rich did, I haven't really used it that much because I thought I'd use it a lot more. But the the whole experience of doing it on a computer, it just it doesn't feel. Yeah, it just doesn't. It's just you know, it's, it just feels I know different. What you're yeah, it does. Yeah. But at the same time, exactly as you said, the fact that you know, kind of the standalone is free, and so anyone you know, kind of if you if you think of it that if you go and buy a Eurorack, a Eurorack is essentially a standalone instrument that's what it is and um mm. what you've now got is you can go and get a standalone instrument if you've got a laptop 
you can use it as a standalone instrument for nothing, for literally nothing. And you only have to pay if you want to buy the versions that include, you know, come to go into your door. And even if it doesn't sound as good as modular, or even if it, you know, it sounds, I don't know, I've never played with VCV, so I can't, I can't come in. But even if it just sounds good, I mean, it's free. <laughs> And exactly as you said, it's it's for people who don't know whether they want to get into modular. And I could give you a million and one reasons why you wouldn't want to get into modular. But if it's free, <laughs> then give it a go. Then you know, I think it's I think it's existing is fantastic, absolutely brilliant. And um, yeah, if yeah. if you've got any interest in it, download it and give it a go and see if it's for you. Yeah, I know. Um, I think yeah, I, really I think good. that's I think that's totally fair enough. And I think that that's the thing about. I mean, the thing that excites me a little bit is. Uh, both with SoftTube and VCV Rack. VCV Rack less so, but SoftTube is quite DSP hungry. But now I've got this uh, M1. I don't know if they're native yet, but I might try a bit more because you can get a bit more out of it. Because sometimes you get to a situation where you're going, oh, I'm on a roll. I want to, oh, I'm I'm done. And there's uh, there's not much more I can get out of this system because, you know, it, it, it's it's one of those pieces of software that hasn't made compromises. It You know, and that's why it does sound good. And people say it sounds good. It's a hard, it's a hard fact to, to point. It's like, well, look what I get for nothing and what I have to pay for it's kind of it's a difficult argument to make unless you can have a comparison and go oh yeah i hear the difference you know i mean it's mm -hmm. but it's one of those sort of scenarios so yeah i think it's it, uh, good for them and it's still free the uh let me see if i can find it. i've got the vcv rack here uh that'll be me there and that button there yeah so uh, you still get a whole bunch of additional modules and you can buy them you know and, and what's good about them the ones that are not open source they sort of license so you you know the original makers will get a piece of the action so it's actually a it's a pretty reasonable and sort of nicely thought out silly, way they're not silly money either no that's they're the not. thing i mean they were i mean Do i was looking you, through yeah. and it's like 20, 25 pounds or dollars i can't remember for like 16 modules yeah you know so it's um yeah, yeah. it seems really reasonable even if exactly. you do buy into it yeah, yeah. Do you know if there's some kind of bridge between when it does work in the DAW? I was thinking what could be a really nice modern move is to have some kind of OSC-based bridge protocol. So you bring in like a plug-in into Mac, into Ableton, some kind of Max for Live thing, and it kind of bridges with VCV, and you can use it to essentially do modulation in VCV, like a bunch uh, of free modulation. And then yes, map I, it all. I think it'll work. It will work in uh, as a. It's got great. a VST wrapper. I mean, it'll work in AU and VST, so you can actually have it from within. And then, you know, if you've got uh, a, a, an interface plugged in, like an expert sleepers within Bitwig or within whatever, then it uh, will yeah, it will yeah, integrate yeah, with yeah. that. In fact, I should point out that uh, Matt Hodson, who is you know uh, our modular kind of uh, panelist, he's the one who's deep into it as well. He's having a look at this, so hopefully we'll have a video from him um, what, um, what he thinks about it. So we'll have some some information yeah. to go with. That'll that. be nice futuristic move though you know like not actually doing any audio at all just strictly taking the yeah. modulation with a high resolution modulation um you know not midi resolution and uh then you could really start to appreciate like the the designs that have gone into the eurorack modulation modules you know what i mean creating yeah. complex envelopes and complex lfos and Absolutely. using those inside your daw now that yeah. starts to get interesting it's like you're kind of using vcv as a kind of strictly for modulation you know that yeah could, i know i, I, know, I, I think that that's a, that's quite a common approach i think that's the way so you keep the filters and you keep the oscillators and maybe the vcas in analog world or in module world and then you just use the control from elsewhere no is, i mean i'm talking about in purely in software not, not actually interfacing with any hardware whatsoever Right, I'm talking okay. about just VCV is modulating things right. like 
a sampler instrument in Ableton. Yeah, or I think like, it can be you done. Know, your volume and panning information and mapped. Right, inside I see what you're saying. Pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, anyway. I, yeah. I see. I understand what you're saying now. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'll have to have a look at that. But that does look kind Matt. of interesting. <laughs> yeah, Matt. A question for <laughs> yeah. Matt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, now, here's something. I'm going to run this one in quick uh, before we get on to Mr. Charles Alexander because uh, we we need to speak to the prince as well. But here we are. This is a really cool. And now I think this it's sort of almost like Volker-esque um, kit. And it's based on the uh, Italian transistor organ engine. And it's a PLL organ, and it's a partial kit, and it's like 60 bucks. I mean, it's almost... But it's got it's got something about it that I actually really dig. And I thought, ooh. Because, I mean, essentially it's using an organ voice through a subtractive synth with effects. That's what, as I understand it. But I know that many of these kind of classic organs have a certain special something as well. And particularly uh, the, the Italians, the Farfisas, you know, there's there's a whole range of different sorts. I know uh, Will Gregory, uh, he's got this beautiful orange Farfisa transistor organ with black keys. Oh, yeah. And it, it, I, I don't know what make it is, but it is... I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily the best sounding thing I've ever heard. But there are so many of them and so many different flavors, and it's you could. I know, Ty. You, I mean, if it's a good job you're not into organs because you would you would need a bigger <laughs> you'd need a bigger house. I mean, I mean organs as in yeah. you know you know what I'm saying. So not into organs. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, six it's sixty quid. Or yeah, sixty dollars. Sixty bucks. Yeah, it's nothing. I just saw the words like kit, which yeah, automatically is just like me with my fat fingers. It's it's never good. Um, uh, and the main the main thing is for me is that you're, all the instruments you're talking about were basically for players. Do you know what I mean? So, so, so the thought yeah. of just doing it on those little buttons for me is just complete no go. I just yeah. I mean, but but if you've got sixty quid and you want to get something that of this kind of ilk, I mean, great. I mean, it's brilliant, you know, like stocking filler or, you know, Christmas present or something like that. It's fantastic. But for me, it's just I couldn't no. cope with just the buttons and the and I'm not really that kind of sound is not a sound that really appears, <laughs> if I'm honest. So not even the kind of old classic transistors. There's no there's nothing about any of those. or the no, Hammond, Absolutely no. nothing. Nothing oh, wow. whatsoever. Right, no. that's interesting, isn't it? Literally it's, nothing. It, it, uh, well, Rich, you're a player. I mean, you know, there is, there's a school of, uh, you know, I, I don't think you, at least as far as I know, I don't recall that there's a sort of a way to play transistor organs in the same way that there is to play tone wheel organs and the whole kind of Hammond experience. It's a, they're, they're very different instruments, but they're sort of lumped together in a way. Well, well my first them. instrument... My first instrument was a panther organ. That was the first the first instrument I had to play yeah. with other people with. This was when the thing was new in the very early 1970s. And uh, I have dabbled with the idea of buying... There's a, a company called Martinic that makes an, uh, a sample set or some virtual recreation of the Ultra Panther organ. And I've, ah, nice. I've been tempted a few times. The fact is, I know I'll never use it because I hated the damn thing. But some part of me is romantic about it and wants to have some representation of what that felt like when I was trying, struggling to get that thing to play music that, you know, was originally created with Hammonds, you know, on the records that I was trying. But that was a transistor. Was the Elka a transistor organ, presumably? Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah. and it was all beep, 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 beep. It's, it's, you know, 96 tears kind of sound. It's got, it, it, or, uh, you know, kind of that Farfisa Vox. It's just, you know, uh, it's very plain, 
sounding electronic stuff, but it, it, I have a certain romance for it. Now, this, as far as this thing goes, as uh, I mirror everything Ty said. I don't actually have a use for it, but I think it's kind of cool. The funny thing is how little the demo videos sound like organ. Yeah, they really like, don't. They're <laughs> doing everything they can to make it sound as far from an organ as possible. <laughs> but, but, uh, which is fine, I guess, if that's what you want to do. And the fact that it's like 60 bucks and it's a kit and you can give it as a gift and all that stuff yeah, I yeah. said, I agree with 100%. Yeah. I know, Jamie, I have a feeling that you've got a few organs dotted around the place. You seem like an electromechanical kind of guy. Uh, transistor organ, are you a transistor or a tone wheel guy? Or neither? Oh, I, I, yeah, I love both, man. Oh, God, yeah, I absolutely love them. Um, but I like I like a transistor organ because uh, I've got a penchant for, you know, the Nigerian 70s funk. And, like, it just is a cutting sound. It doesn't have to sound like the doors or whatever. It can. It's It's got a real aggression when you distort it. Like, I mean, obviously, people like the Black Keys and stuff, they made a huge signature part of their sound just because it's, it's one of those, like, blasting through an am radio kind of tones that's mm. just like got power like got so much power and obviously an organ you can play as many keys as you want unlimited polyphony so that you know they they are different to a synth in that way i mean yeah tone wheel organs yeah all day i still blow me away i was recording one recently like the other day and um i don't know i freak out every time i hear a hammond i just i just I just go crazy hearing those things. I just love them. I love how they work. I mean, everything about them is cool. Uh, and I do have a really fond memory of working with Feist and uh, Chili Gonzalez, like uh, over in um, Paris when we were making her album, The Reminder. And we had the most fancy Farfisa that they make. The kind of gray, double-tiered one. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I wish I knew the name of it. It's, it's, it's a delight, that instrument. And it has many more tones than your... You're just stock, brassy, like really hardcore transistor sound. Mm. It was a real beauty. And it sat in the mix on so many songs and going through effects and everything. It was just a joy, that thing. And it looked damn cool. And yeah, they're massive. <laughs> My neighbor across the way is a guy called Rob Berger. He's tremendous. He's played with everyone from Laurie Anderson to you know, Iron and Wine. He's a, he's a great keyboard player. And um he keeps forwarding me stuff from Craigslist over here, like these Yamaha organs, which is like, this is a great organ, man. But I was like, yeah, that's good, Rob. But I mean, who's going to, I've already got an RMI that's sitting gathering dust in the corner. Like these big old chunks from the, from that era, they are fantastic. I mean, listen to someone like Sly Stone, you know, there was that Yamaha organ that he used all the time. That thing is funky. Like you put it through pedals. I mean, they are awesome. I, I've got a lot of time for these organs mm. i feel like they are like a powerful tone source that just like takes so well to like effects and i don't know yeah i'm a fan interesting uh, this thing this little box doesn't sound it's like only mono yet. yeah it's a mono it's a mono <laughs> but, but it, it does look like a really fun kind of christmas kit mm. yeah no sort I thought of I like you know for those with like maybe older kids who are just like hey listen because it doesn't sound bad when you finish it because a lot of those little kits you finish it and it's like really naff but this one, actually, you finish it, it sounds pretty good. If I built that and I was an early teen or whatever, I'd be like, that's pretty right, actually, you know. You'd yeah. find something to do with it, so it's cool. 
Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, you mentioned about, <laughs> I used to share a studio uh, in Bath. There's a, a place called Hate Me Bridge Studio, which is right on the river, right next to a footbridge. And I shared it with uh, Andy Davis, Stuart Gordon and Will Gregory uh, many years ago. And there was a live room in there and they had uh, this chap called Neil Perry, who's a legendary fixing guy. He used to go out and, fi- he, yeah. you know, he, he, was out, he was out on the road with uh, Gabriel and all of those guys fixing those sort of things. And there was a 1936 Hammond in there that he'd, brought to life it's a beautiful thing isn't it? and it's crazy. i i i mean it the anna anna and leslie but the thing the thing about it, it was just amazing it was i mean the, <laughs> um, just you couldn't it move amazing. it though it was it was like a church <laughs> pew you know i had yeah. pe- this sort of carved yeah, wood but the, the the beauty about it i mean because i recorded it a few times uh we had a couple of remixes where i wanted to do solos and uh, andy davis is a good organ player and uh he he would play and i sort of because he'd be in the other room we didn't have camera links and i said i can just do that again and he'd just come in and go look at my hands because it, this is 1936 with the sort of really sharp waterfall keys and uh, oh, but shit. the thing that i loved about it the tone wheel you have to it's got like a starting procedure so where you kind of like start the engine and then you kind of it's almost yeah. like the ignition on a Catch on a yeah, on a yeah. on a kind of on a on a gas hob where you have to press and hold and then it finally ignites uh-huh. and the, and the the tone wheels kick in and, uh, yeah they just they are th- a, a beautiful thing <laughs> anyway i think now yeah. sounds, sorry sounds, sounds have, horrendous oh uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I've got sorry, one question for anyone in America, like my neighbor, I'll talk about Rob Berger, he has an old Chamberlain M1, you know, and uh, it needs some repair. So if there's anyone that you guys know of in America that does good repair jobs on, on Chamberlain M1s. Uh, um, I think Andy Dave Spears, rhythm, Dave rhythm, Spears will know. Dave Spears will know. He will. Yeah. Be, hey, Dave. Yeah, shoots a line. If, <laughs> I want to get that thing going again. We, we've got the orchestron in the shop, and uh, you know it's all—it's time to repair these old things. You know, absolutely. Right, uh, and I th- now I think it is th- finally mm. the time. Uh, so well, let's hear from Mr. Prince Charles Alexander. Isotope Producers Club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And of course, we thank Isotope for their continued support of the podcast through their sponsorship. And also, uh, you di- if you didn't know, you can also get to, uh, if you go to, uh, I think it's this one, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, if you go to um, isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, you can use the code Sonic10 at checkout. And that also, not on the uh, subscriptions, but certainly on all the bundles and the sales. And it does seem to apply on the sales as well. I'm not sure I should be telling you that. But anyway, thank you very much to them. Um, okay, right. Um Gosh, what's the time? It's quarter two. Let's. Uh, I think we do have to. Uh, oh, what, what do you think? We've got actually got a bunch of topics. Does anyone want? To, do we want to do the fader board or the? Uh, 
the 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 Bono laser. What are we thinking, folks? We have a a show of hands. Anybody fit? I think the the fadeable feels like it might be a a, a pretty special one. So uh, yes, let's do that. I'm 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 gonna uh, override, which is. Uh, uh, there we go. I just got to find my actual link. So mm -hmm. there we go. Video seven. Here we go. This is the latest video from Heimbach, who may or may not be uh, supplying a question for the Christmas quiz. And this is the uh, infamous Vestax Faderboard, which was a very unique. Hi, I'm Heimbach. It's good to have instrument. you. Back. This is the Vestax Faderboard, a sampler released in 2003 as a result of a cooperation between Vestax and Cork. It Right, you watch the whole video to get the full gen on this, but essentially, instead of keys, each pitch is on a fader, of which there are only 10, which is a kind of weird number to have. It's sort of like a mashup between a DJ unit from Vestax and an Electribe effects section from Korg. Not quite sure yeah. how it came about. It just didn't really, didn't really catch the uh, wider public's imagination, but it certainly appealed to Heinbach. I have mm. never, I don't remember this at all. It's a complete mystery no. to me. I don't, um, Jamie, any, any thoughts? No. Or did You've never come across one? Love it. No, no. I mean, it's definitely made me think, okay, trying to recreate this in Max for Live or whatever. The, obviously, one of the interesting things about this is it's kind of like got something like the old fader start because samples oh, begin yes. when the fader crosses from zero and above zero. So that in itself is quite an interesting idea. And then you need good feeling faders. The problem with the majority of most MIDI faders is they feel pretty horrible. And then ideally you'd have 12 faders because as Heinbach mentioned himself, and as you noted, 10 is a weird number. You could have a chromatic, if you could get yourself 12 very good faders, uh, Max for Live would definitely allow a version of this to be made i mean but then again you can't really beat a standalone hardware piece i mean although him demonstrating how long it took to record and save sound made me <laughs> yeah. just think wow, hilarious that's, that's pretty uh maybe an yeah, sd that's, card that's upgrade kind of, yeah yeah <laughs> it, it does make you think it would be great there's you know there's this company called matt the man in the machine or something i'm getting that wrong with so yes. it's a german thing but he, he makes these motorized faders yes. for you right you guys featured it at the, the sonic amazing I mean, the, yeah and it, when they come along you could make it you know but that zero crossing thing trying to do that in Eurorack, that's that's uh i've scratched scratching my head about that you probably need to use some kind of logic so you compare zero voltage with something higher than zero voltage and then anything like that would cause a, a gate signal to trigger a sample, for example. Then it also needs to correspond to volume. So it's not easy to recreate. Um, it's just an odd idea. But I, I like it. And watching him play it, it's like it's very, it's very intuitive. And, you know, it's you get that little touch of that, you know, whatever it is, I'm not in love or whatever that, you yeah. know, yeah, 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 when yeah, they yeah. put all the loops on the faders. And it's like a bit of that, isn't it? It is a bit. I mean, it's interesting. I, I mean, because I thought it was an individual one per fader, which was kind of makes sense, which reminded me of the way that um, uh, William Orbit used to at uh, Gorilla Records when, when they were doing uh, remixes. I mean, his legendary way is he would have a 24 track master, which he would separate into kind of like, I think, f uh, four eights or maybe a, you know, one seven because of the time code. And they basically have 
stem out three or four different remixes of the same tune and then just play the desk by flicking faders up and kind of going, this bit's coming in now, this bit. And that's how they used to actually arrange mm. the things so save it and then maybe edit it up afterwards as well. And it's interesting, right. that, uh, uh, Rich, because the, the whole fader start thing, that was a, originally broadcast, wasn't it? They used to have a little, um, like a, a detent at the bottom. Sometimes you have faders that go up, sometimes they would go down and they have a little sort of click at the bottom which you would then activate the channel um to stop yeah yeah they they, they flip them the other way around to stop her um producers with cufflinks from turning the accidentally turning the talent off or up or something i think you seem to remember there is a story but wow, this looks kind of cool doesn't it um it's, it's sort of a cool toy to me um um, gen on, on the grand scale of things, this is all bah humbug to me. I just yeah. I, there's no part of this that interests me, other than the <laughs> fact that you can probably twist things into sounding interesting and then go ahead and record them and use them in some way. But the idea of actually operating this thing in real time in order to express something is uh, not particularly. Yeah, and I get that. There is there is quite a barrier to entry, isn't there? As we've said before, I tie a few times. It's the sort of you want frictionless creativity sometimes, don't you? And this probably it's, isn't it. Yeah, but I like the idea of it. I like anything that's a bit different, and like anything that's a bit quirky. More to the point, I like anything that makes you approach something which you're used to in a different way. And what I like about this is the fact that you know, I mean, I, I mean, I've got. Um, you know, like kind of four track cassettes and an eight track that basically I just kind of record uh, ambient stuff on and basically just play the faders exactly like you're talking mm. about the William Orbit thing. And I don't really, and because what I do quite often is harmonic, I've said this before, I, I move about with the harmonics so that essentially they're all in the same kind of key, but they're moving all the time. So basically when you're playing the faders, you don't really know quite what you're going to get. And so it's a bit aleatoric. And so it's, um, I, I do that a fair amount. And so this is a kind of version of that, really. If you recorded, a, you know, kind of a, a loop that's got some movement in it and you're playing the faders, you don't quite know what you're going to get. And that, that in itself, to me, kind of justifies its existence. I mean, I mm. didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue about this existing. But no. anything that makes you look at anything that makes you look at any anything in a, in a different way, in a way that isn't your go-to... I think is uh, is is great because you're always going to find someone who's going to use it creatively. You know, I wonder if there's raise, a, yeah. sorry, I wonder if there's a warehouse yeah, of these somewhere. Question. <laughs> yeah, right. If there was, so I'd quite happily have it. What are the best MIDI faders then? If you wanted to do this in MIDI, what are the good MIDI faders out there? Oh, that's a good question. Um, mm, anybody got any thoughts on that? I don't know. Well, I've still got I've still got my Kenton Control Freak. Because yeah. that I kept that purely for that reason, the quality of the faders on that, you know, it's it's built like a tank. And there was that back yeah. in the day. There was that, and there was the PV. Um, yeah, you know, right. Square one. Yeah, they they yeah. were the two. And I literally, I mean, there was a stage where you know, you can say, oh, I'm not going to use Control Freak again. But I got the Control Freak 16, and still to this wow, day, wow. it's got great, great quality faders. But yeah, you're right. People kind of just went for cheap and cheerful in terms of. Um, yeah, I think it depends what you really want to use. Them. A, yeah, it depends yeah. what you want to use them for. But for musical, it's in, yeah. Have you guys tried the Icon ones, the Icon faders? I know. Uh, I've got an Icon. Kind of I've got an Icon platform Nano over here. Just there. How does that feel? Well, it's motorized, so it's sort of. Yeah. It's, uh, it feels alright, but I mean, I'm not doing but that much. Could be for, good. I, 
Uh, yeah, no I suppose. I, I think I think you're right. I think the uh, uh, man and the machine um, from yeah. the Super Booth. If you get a chance to check those out, that looks really fascinating because the way that yeah. they are programmed is just insanely clever and really useful. Yeah. And I think they they may be. You could yeah. Maybe and you could get something really exciting with a sort of a fader board modern version where you could essentially press and put your faders into like a looping automation, create like moves and let it cycle, you know, so you kind of don't just leave uh, it as a static thing. So you create well, then, then you're basically a massive mechanical wavetable synth. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you start to sort of see it as this potential. And of yeah. course, you wouldn't be limited like the fa this thing is only capable of playing one sound across each fader but if you made your own you could you could diff put different partials on each fader and yeah be, you know and it will, look the drawbar system as we're talking about an additive yeah. yeah 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 yeah. it was that, very very intuitive and it would kind of not be dissimilar to that and yeah obviously alessandro cortini with his famous four track yeah. uh, you know loops and like it sort of gives you a little shade of that and there's a reason why that works so well is because it's intuitive and it's because it's fast because it's on faders which does you bring you back to my always my gripe is like where are the good faders then where are the good faders yeah that's what i, I want i just want a simple bank of 16 faders that are decent i mean i like the idea that it comes back to kenton because are gonna do you want motor do you want motorized though i mean if motorized is kind of key i think and can be kind of important yeah, These I mean, days. you know, I'll take, I'll take Motorized. I've still got the artist mix from Avid, which when you can get it to interface with anything, which is a, quite a nightmare, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's great. The faders are cool, but it's just such a nightmare this, to use. There's something, uh, anyway. I and I can't remember what it is, but I saw something on Facebook, and I'm, I showed an interest in it. And But it's some guy, I can't remember where it was, Italy or Germany or something, who's basically doing kind of this but just just with four faders but what he's done is mm. he's designed this box which is literally just four incredibly so he says like the best quality faders but i have a feeling you can link them together when i f i mean i showed an interest i can't remember where it is now but um uh it's hopefully good. when that appears i did save it somewhere so yeah. hopefully when that appears that may be the answer but he, he's already said basically it's going to be expensive but it's because they're it's quality so mm -hmm. but um i'm trying yeah. to find i'm trying to find yeah, if, it, if, if it's that if it's that guy i can't remember anyway yes it's so good call. funny how we've, we've come this far you know we've come this far we've denounced things like the the, the big boards back you know with their penny and giles faders or whatever for like convenience but unfortunately the whole reason those things were so expressive and so good for mixing was because the damn faders felt incredible mm -hmm. and you could really express yourself and you were touching actual sound not in the case of an ssl obviously the vca but uh in the case of some consoles you're really touching the passing audio and it's very alive it's a very you know there's no latency there's, I, mean, I miss all that stuff like i'm a real is, it's a it's a classic example of, you know, kind of a few years ago, everyone wanted touchscreens. You look at like kind of all the Slate stuff, all the MTIs and the MTXs right. and all that kind of thing. And they're great. And you love the idea of it. And you love the idea you can have an iPad with with um, virtual faders on and it's all touchscreen. Everything's touchscreen. And you're exactly right that once you go down that route, you suddenly go, it's a bit, I tell you what it is. It's the equivalent of mid eighties. We all want synths that haven't got any uh, sliders or knobs on. <laughs> we just want it all yeah. to be, you know, kind of a touchscreen, a, a, a touchscreen, um, you know, kind of buttons to assign and one single encoder. It's yeah, the exact yeah, equivalent yeah. of that. And then all of a sudden everyone, everyone suddenly goes, 
hang on a minute, it was actually really nice to have real faders, but because everyone wanted to move away from it, you know. They don't exist. Rich, I'm, I'm curious to say what you think about this, because I know you, you kind of, I know you do quite a lot of work in the box, and you, we, we've spoken before about the uh, the kind of romanticisation of hardware to a degree. And do, do you, um, but I also saw you nodding there with the, with the sort of concept of going back to using kind of actual being in touch with faders. I mean, do you find yourself with a fader under your finger very often? I mean, is it something that you get access to that often or is it mostly in the box? You know, that's what I mean, I suppose. Like a proper fader. Um, no, but I have considered adding uh, Console One's product fader, to the fader should. Mm. that they make to my it's console right. installation. And... Um, so if I were to go in that route, I, that's probably where I'd go because I'm already in love with this console one environment. And so I haven't actually operated once again theirs, but they are motorized and some people do really like them. Ah. You know, I have a love-hate relationship with the whole big console thing. And part of me really does love them and loves mixing on them and uh, appreciates them for what they're good at and misses those things in my life. Uh, the other part of me doesn't want to own one. It has no place to put it and can't afford it anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's a question of how many faders do you feel you need to get your job, you know, get done what you need to do with faders because it does facilitate certain things that are just a pain in the ass to do in software. And as far as getting your basic levels of your mix and such, you can do it in, you know, in minutes if you've got a row of faders in front of you and it can do it in an hour, if you've got to do it, you know, in software or whatever, half an hour. So, um, yeah, I love them and I, and I miss them and they take up a lot of room and they cost a lot of money to maintain and you're recapping consoles with 72 faders and, you know, but, uh, they're wonderful and they're romantic and they're beautiful and they sound great. And give me a good two inch machine and a nice Neve <laughs> yeah. 80 series console. And I'm the happiest guy in town. Yeah. But here, you you know, know, what, uh, there's not a, there's not a fader anywhere here. Interesting. Um, Interesting. And you know, if but there I, were to be I, one, I have, it would be yeah. soft tube. Right. 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 I do have one thing to share on this exact topic, if I may. Yeah. Because it speaks to what you're saying, Ty. And look, it's kind of like, does tie in with the end of this, this Nick, I don't know like what we've been into recently, but so if I can reposition this camera really quick, because uh, actually I don't know if I can. Uh, am I, can you see that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, is this, okay, so uh, is this, is this your is pick, a, effectively? This is my pick of Touch OSC, right? Controlling Spitfire libraries, they always have such an emphasis on the mod wheel, right? Mod wheel is expression. So this is your fast-moving fader. If you want to slow it down, you use the middle one because the range of control is slower oh, okay. on the middle one. Mm -hmm. And if you want it to slow it right down, use the last one, which I gives see. you a lot more range for the movement area that you want. And if you want to quit, you've got this long bar at the side, which like resets all the values back down to zero. So you can go, stop, stop. You know what I mean? Rip, stop, right. rip, stop. So then you've got different resolution faders to give you different kinds of control. And they're all active at the same time. And I tell you what, it works. It's not bad. Cool. It really does work. I was quite chuffed with that. I was like, that improves the touch fader concept and actually adds an element that is impossible to achieve with a traditional hardware fader. So, you know, I'm more than happy to share this touch OSC device with anyone who might want to use it. It's uh, oh, cool. dead simple. 
but it's uh i tell you what for using for using spitfire it's been it's been great because i was trying to do it on my key step with its little mod wheel piddly ribbon and just going nah this is just not happening and with a real fade it would be cool but you know i've been into touch oc like i say and i've adding that like reset potential is actually really handy as well it's version two isn't yeah, it at the moment anyway. as well yeah yeah version nice one two, yeah nice one they're good Nice one. Yeah. Okay, uh, and I, I think Ty has a pick as well, which I'm just going to uh, uh, bring up. So this was the the plugin deal, uh, which you mentioned, uh, which I think I have here. Oh, yeah. This is the UADA plugin deal. Yeah. Uh, she's build your own cluster, build up two twenty four, and at the moment, I'm, it's it's this, seems, this is the one they do, yeah they do it every year for they do it every year at this time of year, and the specific one is that that three one where they basically they knock down the price of getting three plugins as a bundle uh but they also give you another one so that's four but uh anyone that's got uad they're also doing i think it's it's called bundle 40 which knocks another 40 dollars off and most anyone that's got a uad will also be getting a twenty dollars off because it's the holiday so all in all although it's got their 2.99 uh, I bought some stuff that came in at two thirty nine. By the time you put the vouchers on, oh. but with that particular bundle, so for two thirty nine, you get four plugins, and it's basically any of their plugins. And so, the one plugin that I actually wanted was two hundred sixty. <laughs> so I paid two hundred thirty nine for four of them. So it's just it's that particular one. It's the three plugin one. It's just a ridiculous deal that. Uh, you basically get them at quarter price, basically, if you go for the more expensive ones. Nice. Um, That's a good one. So it's nice just, find. It's just a, a, right. it's a, if you're into, if you've got UAD stuff, it's a good time to <laughs> get full I'll plugins. Put that one, I'll put that one in again. <laughs> what nice was the one find. you wanted, Ty? What was the what was the what was the missing one? The only one, the only one I really wanted was actually the new AMS, the uh, AMS delay. Uh, that was okay. it. Yeah. All the oh, others. Wow, you got that on a discount. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, nice but that's the thing. They even normally, you know, when companies or their new products, they don't include in the sale. This is the, the great yeah, thing is they put, they put all of their they put all oh, of their new man. stuff in from the latest update into the and sale. That's brand so new, it's, yeah. Uh, it's brand yeah. New. Good find. Yeah, yeah. I've good got, find. I've got a couple of presets on that. <laughs> Quick plug. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Yeah, Nicely done. Find them useful. I tried not to do the bread and butter ones because I've got the AMS and the chorus control here because, you know, I'm into that kind of nonsense. So, um, yeah, I thought, oh, this is because I use it all in the pods, all the vocal effects and everything I've ever used in the pod of all being the AMS. So I'm pretty obsessed with it. So I was like, and everyone's going to do the wideners and the usual stuff. I've got to do something that's odd. <laughs> so anyway, there you go. So you did. Excellent. Famous plug. Good. To, I haven't gotten a UAD hardware, so it doesn't really work for me. But uh, Rich, <laughs> you've got we've got your pick as well, which was the uh, you you sent a, a bunch through. So the Ultralight Mark V, mm. which looks kind of Ooh. interesting. I mean, Can as we know, that. Motu Motu kind of make pretty much. Well, there's a real sort of standard, isn't it? I mean, I've been using Motu stuff or working with Motu stuff on so many systems for so many clients for so long. I'm guessing, did you go for the five or have you got a previous version? I'm not sure when this actually came out, but. I have a previous version, um, and I've been impressed with this product throughout its development as a part of their product yeah. line because of its quality, its build quality, its versatility. It tends to offer a tremendous amount of I.O. and uh, interfacing options in a very small package. They're, uh, 
their software stuff works pretty well as far as the you know mixer interface in between you know the device and the and the computer world which uh, all of yeah. them do and to me they're in kind of the same I, I consider them like American RME, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah. As far as yeah, yeah, where they position right. themselves in the product world. They're not they're not Apogee and they're not Lynx and they're not that. And they're also not, you know, Behringer and some of the lower end PreSonus ones, although PreSonus makes some very nice products. But uh, I just think that this is a really excellent uh, combination of size, cost, quality, build quality versatility um in in the old days when i bought one it had a whole ton of interfaces on it like firewire and various usbs and things like that so uh they still they still interface well and they still i'm sure work well yeah, they, and, i think uh, this one's usbc like but i think yeah. uh yeah i uh, they do avb fine. ones as well but i don't really know where we are in terms of networked audio i mean i i it's like lots of people say dante seems to be winning uh, in terms of right. you know wh where people are going because there's a lot of uh, uh widget certainly in video production dante seems to be the, the the way it works but i don't know i, I haven't got any audio now i mean i think the we've got the behringer x32 here and i've got an aes 50 stage box but i would like to get the all the audio network this, but yeah good. Well, this is like a 550 dollar box that just has like i don't know 18 or 20 io and yeah. uh, a lot and then a good sound and some pretty cool features and nice metering and nice it's just i think it's a product that's always impressed me and it still does and i don't actually need it which is why i haven't <laughs> bought it but if i did i would <laughs> I, I, like if, I, if something came along where i needed to be able to do what that thing does that's probably what i'd get for that kind of money if i wanted to spend twice to three times that kind of money i'd get something else but um, yeah yeah Oh, cool. It's cool. Nice one. Well, I, I've got a sort of a tip, which yeah. is not really very, um, uh, well, I, I, it's not really much to do with uh, um, with music, but it's a really cool tip. So f quite often, you know, there are lots of services that say they will transcribe audio for you, you know, and whatnot. But I found a really brilliant tip, which is, uh, is it this one? If I press that, yeah, that'll do it. Auto transcription. And it's just a little ha life hack where basically mm. if you if you open a Google Doc and you go to tools and you just say voice and then you play your video or your audio, the mic will pick it up and type it out in the document in front of you, which is just really handy. It doesn't do timecode-based <laughs> stuff, which would be really nice. So, you know, if you could say at this point in the timecode, so you've got something synced for, uh, for for subtitles or whatever. But just as a sort of, like, I need the words that this person has said and I don't want to pay for a subscription service because either you have to spend, you have to join and then you're paying monthly and it's like, you usually just need it like once or twice. If you need it every day of your life, you're probably going to go a different route. But if you need to just subscribe, uh, um, transcribe some audio, this is the way to do it. And that was uh, by Barbara Krasnoff on uh, uh, um, The Verge, which is just, it's a, it's just a really cool tip of useful, a useful thing that people may find useful, perhaps. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, we've we've we seem to have got to the end. Uh, I, I, well, there are more topics, but I like to save them just in case we have a shortage because we're getting up for Christmas. But it's lovely to have you all here, Jamie. What's what's next for you? Thank you. Of course, <laughs> you have the yeah. fabulous podcast. Have you got any more episodes for uh, uh, hanging out with yeah. audio files coming up? I did take a bit of a break because I've been like tracking. I've been actually trying to get an album done, <laughs> full hardy like exercise. But no, it's it's working. I uh, 
I spent a, a, a ridiculous amount of time trying to build this quadraphonic panner that would be in the room with all the musicians. And uh, it kind of worked. <laughs> uh, maybe not, not as well as I'd have liked. But um, anyway, that said, I've got a lot of tracks kind of coming along nicely for an album. So that's why the pod has taken a bit of a uh, backseat. But yeah, right. I've got a couple of guests coming up that are going to be nice. And yeah, that's it really. Just kind of my mum's coming over on a, for the first time in years. So that's massive, huge event. And we're just going to just hang out and hopefully I'll do nothing. That'd be that amazing. sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. And also, Mr. Ty Unwin, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, and hopefully you're... Are you sort of wrapping things up for Christmas yet? I, excuse the pun. No, unfortunately, it's one <laughs> of those times where what happens is the directors always think, OK, well, we'll just, we'll just bugger off for Christmas, and then when we come back in January, there'll be the score written. And so that's what happens every single year. And this year is not really any different. I got a locked film at the weekend... Uh, so that's got to be delivered end of January. So it's, I mean, the thing is for me, Christmas is my favorite time of year. I'm a complete Christmas freak. And, uh, so trying to balance that doing family stuff, but still kind of having to do some work, which I'm not really into these days. So work <laughs> is just, yeah, nah, it's the rated the days of me killing myself are long gone now. No, no, well, no. there you go. So I'm sure it'll be a lovely Christmas for you. And hopefully we'll see some or all of you. I don't know quite what we're going to do for the Christmas uh, quiz episode. But, uh, well, I do know what we're, what we're trying to do. <laughs> and it's just a question of whether we can pull it off. Uh, we'll see whether we can pull it off. I want to, because I've, I've invested so much time in this kind of quiz engine. And now I've got all of these things that work with, you know. <laughs> quiz engine. Well, it means that I can show uh, real oh, up. To, you know, we just need someone marking the scores, and then we've got a live scoreboard, and you know, all oh, that kind yes, of stuff. So, of it, and it worked uh, very nearly right last time, and I think I've got it right yeah. this time. But we added this idea. Uh, it's Chris Midiera has been said, "Oh, we should do a round with YouTubers." So we have actually got a bunch of people who are submitting questions. Some are quite long and drawn out, some are quite short, so it might be an interesting round, and I've got to figure out how to play 10 videos and 10 answers uh, in my system uh, when I haven't got quite enough <laughs> buttons. But, you know, we'll get there. Anyway, Rich, uh, lovely to have you as well. Um, I hope you're... Uh, well, I, I, are you, are you, have you got stuff for New Year and Christmas? It's usually there's some, some big sheet gigs, aren't there, around this time? There's usually one or two. Uh, at the moment, there's nothing on the schedule for Christmas and New Year's as far as she goes. So um, I will have time to attend to family, which Yay. is a beautiful thing. And uh, in fact, there's a New Year's Eve wedding I will be attending. Wow. A family member who I love dearly and can't wait to see. And so... And uh, often we'll have uh, guests here at my house and I'll cook. So there'll be a bunch of cooking going on and... Uh, Oh, that I'm sounds great. And then there's some work things to do as well. But Yeah, inevitably. Um, yeah, it's all good. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, well, nice one. I'm glad to hear that. It's, it's nice. I mean, it's because Christmas for me has always been right in the middle of NAM planning, and I don't have to do that. Uh, this year I didn't have to do it last year either and it's kind of quite nice in a way because I just go right we take the we shut down the offices between Christmas and New Year take a week or 10 days off and try and get some content to go out so that's the thing I'm trying to work work on at the moment but uh, anyway but that's it we're there thank you very much for everybody for this Wonderful. week it's been a real pleasure as ever I hope you all have uh, a, an enjoyable <laughs> whatever's coming up for you next and uh, we'll see Thanks, you man. all soon so and don't forget if you've if you've actually uh 
join Patreon, your your name will show up in lights any second now. So let me just uh, press the button to end the show, and we'll be right with you. Anyway, thank you very much. See you all. Take care. Bye-bye now.